Hi, this is Gary Rich. I'm the senior editor with Soundings Magazine. For the last four years, I've been sharing my experiences and memories from living and boating around my home waters of Chesapeake Bay in my column, Bay Country. It was once penned by one of my all-time favorite journalist heroes, the late Jack Sherwood. While Sherwood primarily wrote about the interesting people he encountered during his travels around Chesapeake Bay, often in his Sailmaster 22 sloop, occasionally he turned the lens inward toward himself. The story I'm reading today is about living in a 27-foot sailboat during cold, dark winters here on the bay, something I did for nearly 12 years of my life, and the challenges I faced doing it. In many ways, I'm lucky to be alive. Maybe Darwin was on my side. Cold Comfort, how a younger, dumber me survived many winters aboard a small sailboat. It was a bitterly cold January day on Chesapeake Bay. Trees were dancing like marionettes in a northwest gale that had been howling between 30 and 40 knots for the past 17 hours. I bundled up, hopped on my motorcycle, and raced away from work toward the marina where my 27-foot sailboat was tied up. You might already see two things wrong with this picture. First one is I was using a motorcycle as my primary mode of transportation during winter. And second, I was living on a 27-foot sailboat during winter. Like most 20-somethings, I had a brain that was hardly drowning in common sense or life experience. As I pulled into my marina, I noticed that my boat's deck was invisible. My mind focused on leaky keel bolts, old ball valves, and other things that could have sunken my inexpensive fixer-upper. As it turned out, she was high and dry, stuck in the mud and leaning 30 degrees, supported only by her own balanced stern lines, which were as tight as banjo strings at this point. She had leaned so far out that I had to throw myself onto the foredeck to get aboard. The impact twisted my ankle. I spent the rest of the night trying to sleep in a poorly heated cabin that was heeled over while my ankle protested. By the time the morning had arrived, the water had refloated the boat, I licked my wounds, and I hobbled down the dock to work. This was the first time I'd ever questioned the sanity of selling most of my possessions and shoehorning what little I had left into a 27-foot sailboat. With the $1,000 I'd paid for the boat and the monthly overhead of only about $150 for the slip fee, I had more financial freedom than most 22-year-olds. Still, everything is a trade-off, and living aboard in winter was never easy. The most memorable was a February 1993 all-day bout of freezing rain. A nasty cold front then came through and flash froze everything in ice. I slid my way down the dock that night in the darkness toward my boat, which was encrusted thickly in ice. I had to launch myself into the cockpit if I wanted to get on board and inside. I landed in the cockpit in a heap of pain. I bashed the combination lock against the companionway a few times to get it open before realizing that every opening in the boat was completely frozen shut. The hatches, lockers, companionway, all of it. The ice was too thick to break with covered arms or hands or with shoed feet, and all the tools I needed were inside. Yes, frozen inside. So I turned the only implement I had at my disposable, a one-inch long motorcycle key. It took an hour to free the companionway and get inside. By about 3 a.m., it was six degrees below zero outside and around the mid-20s inside the boat. I was shivering even after I had wrapped myself deep inside a negative 20 sleeping bag. I fired up my portable propane heater, a Coleman stove, to warm up the cabin. I dozed off while it was still on. Four hours later, I woke to find the one-pound cylinder exhausted 
completely astounded that the carbon dioxide hadn't finished me off. Miraculously, I'd survived both stupidity and the record-setting cold. The next winter, I added a second ceramic heater. One night, I unwittingly laid my sleeping bag on top of the power cord for it, which was coiled in the V-berth. I didn't think about the cable heating up and melting itself and the sleeping bag, but realized what had happened when I woke up at 2 a.m. with a cabin full of smoke, wondering how I was still alive. Truly wondering how I was still alive. I had to come up with a better way to survive these winters or needed to give up my liveaboard lifestyle. I installed a vented propane cabin heater, and I learned how to prepare the boat for wind and ice. I found a nicer winter marina with better power options and bought a de-icer. Still, living aboard during the winter was never without surprises. There was a New Year's Eve when I got back to the boat late, only to find five strangers partying in my cockpit. There was also the evening when my inebriated slip neighbor fell from the icer finger pier and crashed down onto my cabin house. And of course, there were many blizzards that turned my little boat into an igloo. Despite the hardships, I wouldn't trade those 12 years for anything. As strong as those miserable winter memories are, I can laugh at them now and think more about the quiet nights at anchor grilling dinner in the cockpit or the unplanned after-work sales I enjoyed with fellow liveaboard friends. Most of all, I finally remember being connected with the water and that little boat and the water around her, feeling independent and being less anxious about life in general. There's an upside to everything. <laughs>